What is the core responsibility of the expositor? Here's what I think the core responsibility of the expositor is as it regards the text. We are here to see what is there. Your message is there in the text. You just need to see it. Now, when we have a frame of mind that's focused on self, that's focused on works, it'll speak like this. I begin with doing. I have to use this text to make a good sermon happen. But grace-filled thinking says this. I begin with receiving. The message is there in the text. I just need to receive what God gives to me in the text. Hi, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 210. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. And in just a moment, I'm going to get you ready or introduce you to the content that you're about to hear as the main section of this podcast. But before that, if I just sound like happier or more blessed than usual, well, the reason why is because just a few days ago, we completed our expositors collective training event in costa mesa california a big giant thank you to brian broderson and the calvary chapel costa mesa staff and volunteers for making us feel so welcome we really appreciate your hospitality and the friday and the saturday they were great Wonderful to meet people who traveled near and far, people who are novices and experienced, young and old, men and women, all of whom have come together to learn how to faithfully handle God's word with power and authority, to speak it with clarity and confidence to this generation. It was a wonderful time. Thank you so much for those of you who stayed home and prayed. Thank you so much to those of you who came out. Uh, It's wonderful to, to meet so many of the listeners to this podcast and also just to have a gathered community. Once again, it's so valuable, isn't it? Anyway, There's more recordings that are coming your way, both from the main sessions and also I was able to get one or two interviews um, while I was there in Costa Mesa. Okay, what you're about to hear is actually a recording not from Costa Mesa, but from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Here is the highly esteemed, the well-respected David Guzik who is going to speak to us about the character of the expositor. Uh, We know that preaching is so much more than just um, reading off truth about a passage. But as Philip Brooks famously wrote, preaching is truth through personality. Uh, The message is actually connected with the character of the messenger. And so Pastor David speaks to us about the importance of our character and the type of person that God uses to communicate his word. I hope that this enriches you. Hope that it's a blessing. I'll catch you at the end. All right. Bye. I just want to start out the morning by saying thank you to Pastor Eric and Rocky Mountain and Calvary Chapel for all their hospitality. It's really remarkable. You guys have done so much to just make it nice for us here. And so I, I, we really appreciate that. Um, this morning, what I'm here to talk to you about is character. Now, I don't mean the general character 
that's required of anybody who's going to serve the Lord. We know those lists from Titus chapter 1, from 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm not talking about the character that's required of a teacher in general. We all know from James that there's going to be a stricter judgment for anybody who teaches the word of God. So I'm not talking about that in general as character. Those are worthy subjects and some that would be great for us to talk about. But what I want to specifically address here this morning is the kind of character that's, I think, very helpful, even necessary, in being a good expository preacher or teacher. What I'm trying to tell you is that uh, effective expository preaching doesn't just flow from the right techniques or the right application of processes. Those are very important. And that's what we emphasize here because we need those very practical tools. So I'm not trying to disparage those in in the slightest. But what I am saying is that there is an additional aspect to it. I, I believe that there's a certain kind of character of the effective expository preacher teacher that will really help us develop the gifts that God has given to us. And so I want to give you eight character traits that I think are important to being a good expository teacher. Again, this is beyond the basic character that's described in Titus chapter 1 or 1 Timothy chapter 3. So obviously, if it's eight points, uh, I'm going to click through these fairly quick. I'm sure that they are listed there in your handbook, but let's just talk about these eight points pretty quickly. First of all, the first one I'd want to emphasize is being grace-filled. Accurate, anointed exposition comes from a life and from a frame of mind that's focused on Jesus and the grace that he gives. Now, what do we focus on when we're not focused on Jesus and the grace he gives to us? Well, we'll focus on self. We'll focus on the world. We'll focus on the many distractions or controversies around us. We need to put all those things in their proper place and put our focus on Jesus Christ and his grace. When we have a focus on Jesus, I believe it's easier to do what is the core responsibility of the expositor. Here's what I think the core responsibility of the expositor is as it regards the text. We are here to see what is there. Your message is there in the text. You just need to see it. Now, when we have a frame of mind that's focused on self, that's focused on works, it'll speak like this. I begin with doing. I have to use this text to make a good sermon happen. But grace-filled thinking says this. I begin with receiving The message is there in the text. I just need to receive what God gives to me in the text. So we don't come to the text trying to make it say what we wish it said or what we want it to say. We let the text tell its own story, of course, putting it in the context of the bigger story of the Bible. So grace-filled, that's number one. Number two, I think very important character trait of an effective expository preacher teacher is that they're honest. We will have the godly, honest character to take the text as it is, not, as I mentioned just before, as we wish it were. And this means that God helping us, we're going to be honest with difficult portions of the Bible. 
There's nothing wrong with coming to a difficult passage and being very honest about it. We're going to read the text carefully so that we don't unwittingly sort of twist the scriptures to just kind of make it say what we wish it said or what everybody assumes it says. Here's a great example, at least in my mind. You know that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9? Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered in the heart of man the things which God has for those who love him. Now, how many times have I used that to talk about heaven? Now, that is true of heaven, but that's not what Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. He's talking about the glory of the gospel that's been revealed to us in Jesus Christ, that is greater than anybody could have ever imagined. So if I'm honest with the text, I'm not going to sort of ham-handedly take that and assume it's talking about heaven. If I am going to use it to talk about heaven, I'll say, Paul was talking about the gospel here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, but the principle is true of heaven as well. I'll explain it. If we're honest with the text as well, we are also not afraid to read the writings of people that we disagree with. And we're going to interact with their best arguments. That's just being honest, folks. And when we speak of doctrines or preachers or believers that we don't agree with, we're going to represent them honestly and accurately. That's just part of character. As a Listen, we, we need to, I think generally as preachers and teachers, I, I don't know much about your specific ministries of preaching team, but I'm just saying generally from what I see in the Christian world, we need to do a better job of this. When we're talking about the people that we disagree with, we need to do a better job of representing what they actually say and believe. That's just being honest. And then we will not be prejudiced or manipulative or careless in the way that we preach and teach. Again, that's just being honest, being true to the facts. Now, number three, third character trait, I think it's being secure. In other words, We don't speak to please our hearers. We are secure enough in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We know, as Ephesians chapter 1 says, that we are accepted in the beloved. That is the beloved one, Jesus Christ. We don't have to beg for approval from those who hear us. There is something... I want to choose my words carefully here because I want this to be strong, but not over the top. But there's something low in the preacher who's begging for approval from the audience, who by their words or demeanor kind of says, please like me, please, please. I I don't think I could bear it if you didn't like me. Friends, that's low. That, that, that's not having a security in Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, I would much rather prefer that the people I speak, I'm no masochist. I'd rather they receive with gladness what I have to preach to them than not. But at the end of the day, if I feel that I've done my job properly as a preacher or teacher, and they think I'm the biggest idiot in the world, say, well, Lord, I, I did what I did. I'm secure in you. At least I know Jesus loves me. They may hate me, but I know Jesus loves me, and that's more important. 
You see, we want to have some of that heart like Paul had in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, who was not fundamentally worried about pleasing men because he was a bondservant of Jesus Christ. And friends, this really helps us to deal with twin problems that we face as preachers and teachers. It helps us to deal with the criticism that we get, but it also helps us to deal with the praise that we get. And both of those can be problems. And and to the degree that you're lifted up by the praise that other people give you, that's to the same degree that you're going to be crushed by criticism. Now, again, we want to gratefully and kindly and graciously receive any praise if we happen to get it. And we want to graciously and kindly hear any criticism, but we want neither one of those to puff us up or to crush us. We're secure in who we are in Jesus Christ. God helping us will not be insecure, man-pleasing, or slaves to the opinions of others. Number four, we're going to be hard-working. We recognize that God rewards those who diligently seek him. And this is especially true in regard to the ministry of the word. We work as hard as we properly can. And please listen to me when I say that. Not to the neglect of your family, not to the neglect of Sabbath rest that God gives you to do, but we want to work as hard as we properly can. I don't remember who said it in one of our early sessions, but somebody said, uh, maybe it was Pastor Eric even, I think it was, when he talked about the importance, look, if you've got an hour or two hours or four hours of study, make those fruitful hour or two hours or four hours. Not, not half your time cruising around, you know, on social media, just because you happen to be in front of your computer. We need to be focused, hard workers. This is an attribute of God. Did you know that God works hard? Jesus said, I've got to do the works that my father has given me to do. Paul was so bold to say in 1 Corinthians 15 that he was, I'll paraphrase, Paul said that he was the hardest working man in the ministry. So we want to work as hard as we probably can. I, I come back to that description that Paul says uh, many times, or not many times, he says it once, but it's very vivid to me uh, in 1 Timothy when he says that we should be workmen who need not be ashamed. Look, th- there's no two ways around it. Th- there's work involved in effective. For, for me, I'll, I'll confess, it's pleasant work. It's wonderful work. It, it's work I love to do, but don't mistake it. It is work. Number five, we want to be bold. Friends, we don't have a high opinion of ourselves, God forbid, but we do have a high opinion of God's word. And so as we understand it and explain it, we can do it with great boldness, understanding that we have in the very best sense, apostolic authority. We have the written foundation of the apostles and the prophets, as Paul mentioned in Ephesians chapter two, verse 20. And so that gives us boldness. We want to be like Jesus who taught with authority as we faithfully communicate what Jesus Christ taught and what his delegated apostles and prophets taught. We want to be like Paul, who did not speak with flattering words, but boldly proclaimed God's truth. So we we want to communicate. We want to be bold and we want to communicate that. 
Number six, we want to be zealous in our preaching. Now listen to me carefully here. We are of all different personalities, every one of us. This is how God has made us. Of all different, Praise the Lord for that. So when I tell you to be zealous, I'm not telling you to imitate somebody else. But what I am telling you is whatever is zealous for you and your personality, that should be communicated in your preaching and teaching. Now, I don't know. You've heard it. I've heard it from time to time. Guys who almost seem bored as they teach. Or, or to me, what's worst is when they're talking about what the scriptures say, they're kind of like mechanical and boring. But when they share that anecdote from their own life, they get all excited and animated. T- to me, what you're communicating, unconsciously, of course, but what you communicates, this boring, my life exciting. Let me tell you, I think I live a pretty exciting life, but it's nothing compared to this book. And so we want to communicate a zeal for the things of God. But again, I want to stress this. But I think it's very important. Zealous, not in imitation of anybody else, but zealous as is appropriate for your personality. We want to be like Jesus, whose zeal in serving God was noted. That's in John chapter 2, verse 17. Same thing with Paul. So we don't want to be blasé or passive or too casual or cool. We want to communicate our interest in the word of God. I know, guys, it's very important, I think. Preach this like it interests you. (laughs) Like you find this fascinating. And please, I hope you don't, I'm telling you to fake it. (laughs) If if you got to fake it, let's come back a few steps and spend a little bit more time in the text. I hope you've spent enough time with this, whatever you, that it does interest you. Well, John and I were talking this morning about what he's going to preach on Sunday. And let me tell you something. He's interested in what he's going to preach on this Sunday. I could tell you that. And I think that's just going to come through very naturally in his sermon. Okay, we got two more here. Number seven is teachable. We will keep working at our preaching and we're not going to be satisfied feeling we've reached a certain level. Now, I'm not trying to say that we're trying to constantly remake ourselves as preachers. There's a little bit of a balance here. I I hope you're not trying to recreate yourself every six months as a preacher. You find, oh, no, I need to be like this guy. No, I need to be like this guy. No, 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 no. Get get that out of your mind. But we do want to continually be growing and challenging ourselves. We want to be like Paul in Philippians chapter 3, who is continually pushing himself forward. And then finally, number eight. I think we need to be sympathetic. I think that's an excellent character quality for the effective biblical expositor. Sympathetic in the sense, we are able to see things from the perspective of those who hear us. We want to have a true heart for those that we speak to, and we want to pray for more and more of that heart. We want to preach as those with broken hearts and we never want to preach from a position of superiority or ultra spirituality. Matter of fact, we want to anticipate the questions and the fears that the people that we preach to will have. We we want to anticipate and speak to those questions and speak to them lovingly. Not, oh boy, uh, who could ever be so stupid to doubt Jesus at this point? Well, I don't know. I've been that stupid. How about you? 
You know, we never want to communicate that, but actually one of sympathy. God loves you. God cares about you. Let's look at this together. The answers really are in God's word. Let's come to them together and look at them. Do it with a sympathetic heart. You know, Jesus is a sympathetic high priest. And we as under priests under him need to show sympathy to the people. The apostle Paul worked hard to persuade others. A sympathetic heart will work to persuade, not just command, not just rain down fire as if from Mount Sinai, but rather persuade with love. We don't want to be rude or hard-hearted or hard-headed. So let me just name these one more time. We want to be, when it comes to character, grace-filled, honest, secure, hardworking, bold, zealous, teachable, and number eight, sympathetic. I don't think this is an exhaustive list, but it's eight that I came up with. And I pray that God will build in you, build in us, not just the techniques of good exposition, but again, the character that will make us better and better communicators of God's word. Amen. Well, thank you so much to David Guzik for sharing this with us. Uh, very important, very timely things for us in this age and stage that we find ourselves in. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, this past weekend was our Costa Mesa, California training event. And if you want to see pictures or some boomerangs or some images, uh, why don't you check out our social media? Um, particularly our Instagram account. There should be a, a, a highlighted section at the top of the Instagram account where there's a collection of short videos and photos from the event that will let you know, uh, A, what you missed out on, or B, if you attended, maybe you can find yourself in the background of some of those photos. Um, okay, next week, we're going to hear from Pilgrim Benham on the importance of preaching mentorships and ways that we can both give and receive meaningful feedback. I hope that this episode and last week's training event and everything we do at the Expositors Collective, I hope that it helps you grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's word. God bless. God bless.